Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 149. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm really excited to bring you a very special guest, Leslie Kendall. Leslie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I'm strapped in and ready for anything. All right. Well, anything <laughs> could happen here at Cars Yeah, so I'm happy to have you here. Leslie Kendall is the curator at the Peterson Automotive Museum. He was born in San Diego, California, and he's had an insatiable interest in automobiles and automotive history since a really early age. And after earning his MBA, he entered the mortgage banking industry, but he left the lending profession just after seven years to volunteer full-time at the San Diego Automotive Museum, where he was hired to be the curator after only eight months. He was then invited to join the team responsible for creating the Peterson Automotive Museum in April of 1993, and in October of 1995, he was named the curator of that great museum. Leslie's a regular contributor to automotive media outlets, and he's a Concord judge at events around the country and frequently consults with automotive history-related projects in both the public and the private sector. So, Leslie, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you please take some time and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, Mark, I'm happy to do that. First, I probably could start off by saying I was the only student in kindergarten who knew what a Bugatti was. <laughs> well, that's and impressive. Just, <laughs> and it just went from there. Um, I've, I, I don't know where my my interest actually sprang from, but I always remember being interested in cars. Each, my earliest recollections of being given assignments in school, I always arranged it so that they could be something relating to an automobile. I even found a way to do that in psychology class. So <laughs> it just seemed inevitable. I, I still read car books to relax. Yeah, well, you went to college to go into a whole other profession, but you ended up in the car field. So maybe you can tell me a little bit about what created that mindset in your head to say, you know what, this isn't what I want to do. I want to do that. My passion is with cars. Yeah, I got my MBA in 1985, and the economy wasn't so terrific in 1985, but I thought, you know what, my dad was in real estate, I'll get into um, an aspect of real estate too, so I got in the mortgage lending business. And I just remember 
day after day, making the American dream come true for everybody but me. And I thought, you know what, as, as long as things are going to be like this, I'm going to go do something I really like. Um, as long as I'm not making money, I might as well not make it doing something <laughs> I'd, I'd rather do. So I, I literally one day I told my boss at the mortgage company, I said, you know what, I've really appreciated my time here, but it's, it's time for me to move on. I went to my car, I took off my jacket, put it in the back, took off my tie, put it in the back, uh, rolled up my sleeves, and I drove to San Diego Automotive Museum where I'd been a member for quite a while. And I walked in the door and I said, can you use me? I'm a member. I've got some free time now. And they said, you know what? Yeah, we can. Go hang this picture over there. <laughs> Meaning that they were installing an exhibit and I was immediately useful. So I ended up making it a regular thing, going back um, from my, my house in North County down there every day. And eventually they hired me. Well, your story is absolutely spectacular in the sense that Cars Yeah, when I created this podcast and this website, it was all about inspiring people to go work in their field of passion, and that would be automobiles. And you did exactly that. You took a huge gamble, a huge step, and I commend you for that. And I'm sure there are listeners right now that are going, if he can do that, I can do that. And they're right. <laughs> and they're right. That's right. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So absolutely spectacular. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start the show with a success quote. And this is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Leslie, take the wheel. I think that the quote that I would have to say is, the respect of those you respect is worth more than the applause of the multitude. It's the people that, that I look up to. And, you know, people have different heroes. Uh, and I kind of guide my life by, by the ones that I think have been the best at what they do, have, have lived the most honorable lives. Could you tell me, how have you incorporated that into your business and your life now around cars? Well, it's, you know, like I say, it's, it, everything I do is, is it, based on a composite of the experiences that I've had and, and the wisdom that I've tried to derive from everybody I've ever met. I just find out you can learn so much from so many people if you just, you know, hush up for a while and let them do the talking every so often. <laughs> and even if you don't agree with them, understand where they're coming from. And, you know, sometimes even if you take away how they said something over what, over what was said, it's a good thing. Well, you know, I've always loved Stephen Covey's Seven Habits for Highly Successive People. And one of his habits is just that. First, listen to understand, then speak to be understood. So. It's a great practice to follow, and it sounds like it's worked really great for you. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? You've talked about knowing what a Bugatti was when you were a very little child, but is there one pivotal moment you can think of in your life when you really knew you were a car guy? Yeah, when I used to read car books all the time, and I thought, I thought everybody knew everything about cars, and I didn't know anything. And I, you know, so I, I kept reading and reading and reading and I thought I just wanted to be as good as, you know, just as knowledgeable as some of these guys that I read, you know, whose, whose articles I read in, for example, Automobile Quarterly and such. And I realized I was a car guy when after a while I started talking to people and I realized I knew more than they did. <laughs> and they were starting to ask me questions and I thought, wow, I must really be into this. <laughs> it's a wonderful moment when you realize that and all of a sudden you become the expert. You didn't even know you were. So 
Yeah, well, I'm still not an expert of an awful lot of things, but uh, I know a little bit more about cars than some people. I think so. I think so. In fact, I know so. So, Leslie, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and really crawl under the hood here and get our hands a little dirty. Would you share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced in your career? But more importantly, share with me how you overcame that. And most importantly, what did you learn from it? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is a challenge that I'm actually facing again, and that was the building of the Peterson Automotive Museum 20 years ago, over over 20 years ago. This is a gigantic project. It's taking a bare-bones building and filling it with cars and trying to get people as excited about them as I am, telling the stories about them, um, figuring out which cars to use to illustrate those stories the best. I mean, that was a big challenge to, to make the general public understand cars the way I did. And I, I think judging from the success of the museum, that was, uh, that, I think we did okay on that. Oh, absolutely. He did more than okay. And we're going to talk a little bit later in the show here about the things that are happening at the museum now and what's new. But um, I've been to the museum many times, and I think you've done a great job, even though I'm a car guy. I think I know a lot of things about cars, but there's a lot to learn. When I've been to the museum, I learn even more, and that's what makes it so much fun. But for someone who's a novice, perhaps, there's a whole world out there to learn. So great job there. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum here. I'd love for you to share a story with me when you had a real aha moment in your career, a time when you realized that an idea or a concept that you had was really going to make it, and then tell me the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. I think, again, it, you know, it has to relate to the museum. I mean, just my whole life really revolves around cars, and it's what I'm interested in. And I mean, I, read, you know, I go home and read car books to relax after my day at the museum. <laughs> and I think one of the successes that I had is getting, getting people interested in things that they didn't think they would be interested in or that they did not find interesting or thought they would find interesting. And that one of those, um, I think the best example of that would have to be an ex- exhibition we did here years and years ago called Vacationland USA, Southern California. And we didn't have that many cars in the exhibit. What we had was travel trailers, and we had trailers that took boats, and we had, tr- we had campers and things like that in the exhibition. It was things that people would see on the roads of Los Angeles. A, a lot of times that they dragged behind them, cars they drove, the trailers they towed, the kinds of things that um, uh, they experienced Southern California with for the first time. Oh, what a great exhibit. I have a friend who just got back into doing that as a, a trip thing, and he bought a vintage travel trailer and pulls it behind his car and uh, just got back from a trip to the desert and sent pictures, and now he's looking for the right period car to pull that with. Hmm. <laughs> so I think that's a great thing, and it's so such a part of the American lifestyle of getting in the road and traveling, especially back in the 50s and 60s. Well, it's such a part of our motoring landscape, and a lot of people overlook it. They think that, you know because we call ourselves an automotive museum, that we just have to be about automobiles. And that's not really true. It's about the automotive landscape in general. Oh, absolutely. Great exhibit. What was your proudest moment in your career as being part of the Peterson? Is there one, I'm sure you've had so many because you put on so many wonderful exhibits, but is there one in particular that really stands out? 
I remember the moment that, that stood out more than any other is opening day of the museum. And when I was hired at the Peterson Museum, I wasn't curator right away. I was managing the collection. And as collection manager, I was charged with the responsibility of filling the museum with cars, picking the cars, and, and deciding what stories we were going to tell about them. And the best I'd felt up, up to that time, I've had some pretty good experiences also since then, but, but was when the curator of, of the time called me on my um, cell phone and said, Leslie, you're my hero. <laughs> and, and then he, you know, then he said, I got to go. And that was during the middle of the opening. It's like, yeah, that's a call I'll stop and take. You yes. know? And, I, and I thought it was, it was, it was a tremendous uh, moment of validation. And, it, you know, it, I, again, the respect of the people you respect uh, is important. I respected him a great deal for, you know, for what he was able to pull together. And um, I thought that was uh, a pretty, pretty, pretty good victory on my end. Oh, I think so. Can you share with me what it was that made you his hero? Well, he didn't really know about cars. He couldn't trust in me to find the right cars to tell the story. Okay. Because, you know, the, originally the Peterson Museum was a, a very long series of gigantic dioramas of which cars were a part. And, you know, he figured out what the dioramas would be, and he figured out the overarching story, but then I had to put the cars in the place. And I guess what he was trying to tell me was that, you know, you pick the right cars and you told the right stories, and... um it's, uh, we're going to be okay. That's fantastic. Leslie, you're a curator of one of the world's greatest museums. I assume then, have you traveled to a lot of other automotive museums? Yes, I have. In fact, my first vacation from the Peterson Museum, I took my two weeks and I went to Europe with my brother and I visited 12 automotive museums <laughs> uh, all, all over Europe. And I, you know, again, I just wanted to make sure that we were doing it right. And I wanted to introduce the Peterson Museum to people and say, hey, look, you know, we're viable. We're we're in this for the long term, and you know, over the past twenty years, I think they got the message. Well, I love that you answered the question that way because I'd love to ask you a question here. If you had to pick another museum in the world that is your favorite or just you're really fond of it that really impressed you, is there one in particular that stands out? You know what? I can find something to like about every single museum I've seen. A lot of it is their collections. A lot of museums have marvelous collections. They have very concise collection policies, you know, that the kinds of, of descriptors that tell you what you should be collecting, you know, based on their missions. And, and I, I just think it's marvelous. I love going to regional museums and seeing the regional content, you know, going to a museum in Cleveland and seeing all the cars. Um, that were built in Cleveland, which was, you know, which really could have been Detroit, you know, if it wasn't for the city fathers. And, you know, going to Detroit and seeing that, yep, they did it. And then going to to Europe and uh, actually even to Eastern Europe. A couple of years ago, I went to Riga, Latvia to see the Riga Automobile Museum. And I was really impressed. It was really something. And it was even more interesting that they were able to pull something like that together during, um, you know, the the when socialism was ruling the day. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, there are so many great museums to see. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And perhaps you could share a memory you had with that vehicle. You know what? My first special car, you know, they say everybody remembers their first time. Uh And my first time was, uh, in that respect, was with a 1965 Ford Falcon that uh, my parents bought brand new, 
from Peterson Ford in Encinitas, California. And I remember <laughs> driving home from the dealership, sitting in the back seat behind my father. My brother was sitting in the back seat behind my mother, who was the front passenger seat. And it's the car that I learned to drive on. It's a car I took my driving test on. I drove it to high school. I drove it to college. I drove it to graduate school. And I still have it. Oh, wow. And it's, it's something I never get rid of. It's kind of, uh, it's got 300,000 miles on it, and it doesn't look quite like it did the day my parents drove it off the uh, dealer lot. But um, it's it's really special to me. And, you know, when I get in it and, you know, the way the engine sounds when it starts and just all the tactile sensations, you know, it I, I really understand why cars to some people are, you know, seem to be living, breathing things with their own personalities. Well, it's so cool that you still have that. That's fantastic. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've had in your life that you let go for whatever reason, but you really wish you could have it back? You know, I have to tell you, every vehicle that I ever let go of, I let go of for a reason. Uh-huh. And and there are aspects of some that I, I appreciated and and would like to experience, but I have to tell you, I think I made all good decisions in, le- in letting things go. I don't really have any 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 remorse oh. for it, for anything that I let go. A couple that I had remorse, you know, twenty minutes after I bought it, but but none <laughs> none none that I really miss. None that I really miss. I think I made all the good decisions. Well, you're a very fortunate guy. I'm incredibly fortunate. Yes, absolutely. I'm very very fortunate. I don't have any. You know, I I let that Ferrari GTO go. You know, for yeah. Seven thousand dollars back in the day. Uh, yep, yep. None of the none of those stories. That of course that would be a, um, a regret. If, yeah, if that happened to me, yeah, but I think so. Well, so many of my guests answer that question, but I always, in a way, with sadness. But the, they always say, and I always say, there was a reason at the time you let it go, and that was a really good reason at that time. So you have to just look forward. Just look forward. Yeah. Well, you make decisions based on the information you have available at the time. And you make the best decisions with the best information, and you, you, you really can't look back. Nope, just look down the road. Is there a project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? And I know there is. I had a hunch you, you would know <laughs> what that might be. Uh, rebuilding the Peterson Museum, the new Peterson Museum, uh, opening in December 1 of 2015. 22 new exhibits, several hundred cars in here on four levels, including the vault. Um, it's just a thrill to be able to pull it together in a completely different way than we did before. You know, tell such engaging stories, but tell them in a more in a more modern way. Now, I know there's a place, and I'll be asking at the end of the show here how people can find out more, but I'd love to interject it here. Is there a place people can go to kind of get a vision for what you guys are doing there right now? Yes. And, you know, there are two things that people can do is, of course, go on our website, petersen.org, and Peterson is S-E-N, not S-O-N, and actually become a member of the museum. You get you get updates, you get invites to, to, to things that we're doing. You know, we may be closed for, you know, almost, uh, you know, almost another year, but we're still viable. We're still participating in shows. We still do lots of public outreach, and I just encourage people to, you know, Try and stay abreast of what we're doing. They're gonna, they're gonna be glad they did. They're gonna be the first to know anything that happens. Oh, definitely. And I get your emails, so I get your updates and all the activities you're involved in. So it's not like you all took a big year-long vacation. You're all working very hard. I know. <laughs> yeah, some people think we're just sitting around, but that couldn't no. be farther from the truth. We're nah. we're really engaged. Really, yeah. a lot a lot to do in the next year. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Now, here's a fun question for you, Leslie. If you were a car. What kind of a car would Leslie be, 
and why? Uh, that's a very good question, as it happens. I think that the kind of car I would be would depend on the day and the hour of the day that you would ask me. <laughs> well, how about today, um, right now? How about today, right now? I think um, I, I would probably be a 1947 Chiesa Italia. Oh, my gosh. Now, why that? <laughs> that <laughs> I know it's kind of a little esoteric. Chiesa Italia is one of those Italian makes that um, proliferated after World War II, you know, using... Fiat Mechanicals as the basis. But the Cheesy Italia, it was kind of, uh, you know, I consider myself a fairly quiet person, and it was kind of a quiet car. It, um, but, you know, it was a serious car, and a car you could have fun with while, um, I don't know, while, while cutting a pretty dashing figure. I'm not saying I do that personally all the time, <laughs> but, but I think it's, if I was going to, you know, dress myself in a car, or associate myself with a car, that's that's the kind of vehicle that I, I think I'd want to, well, want to do that with. I think you picked a great one because they're so unique. And I remember seeing one of those on display in New York City at the Museum of Modern Art, of all <laughs> things. You know, you're in the museum seeing paintings and things, and you walk around a corner, and there's a car. So, yeah, well, in, in 1951, the Museum of Modern Art in New York did a show, Eight Automobiles, that they looked at cars, the um, the curator um, at the time looked at cars and it says, you know, these things have a sculptural quality. They're designed objects just like anything else, and they should be studied, studied for that reason. Well, art. That's why I loved it when uh, Ralph Lauren's collection was on display at the Louvre and, uh, and other places where people look at these vehicles as moving art, and that's really what they are. They are big sculptures in many ways. They are. I mean, the exterior of an automobile is something that, uh, that people are made constantly aware of. And why not have it look pretty? Why not have it look as nice as it can look? I always say that when I see cars that just are not pretty and don't look nice. <laughs> why did they, who are they designing that for? But uh, I don't know, maybe the masses. Yeah. Okay, Leslie, we're about to enter the last lap. But before we do, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars, plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYad.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free filler-up book today at Cars Yeah. Okay, Leslie, we're entering what I call the last lap. So the white flag is out, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and you're going to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you buckled up and ready? I'm <laughs> buckled up and ready. Here we go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Buy what you like. <laughs> yes. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes? Doing research in advance of making a big decision. Ah, yes. Very important. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Other than the Peterson Museum website, is there a website or maybe it's a blog that you received that you really like? You know, there there's so many out there. The biggest resource for me does isn't really computer based at all. It's it's my library. Having a good comprehensive library is probably one of the most important things to any historian. Well, great segue to my next question then. If there's one book that you could share with our listeners that you really think they should get their hands on, what would that be? There are an awful lot out there, but you know, there's there's a book, the Bewley Encyclopedia of the Motor Car. I think it 
talks about every kind of vehicle. It talks about the history of vehicles in general. It talks about, you know, touches on coach building. It, it just shows how many different approaches there are to making a, a viable automobile and what prevailing circumstances can do to influence the people in their day, in their place, to, to build the kinds of cars that they do. It's just fascinating. It's, it's a history of fashion. It's a history of politics. It's a history, of course, of engineering and style and aerodynamics, you name it. Just endlessly fascinating. So you can find these links to all these great resources at carsyad.com slash Leslie Kendall. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Mark, I like to, I, I, I like to go hiking. I, I love to take long hikes on the weekends. I think it's, um, you know, clears the head and I get, get some of my best ideas while, you know, just walking the dirt trails and <laughs> yeah. around Los Angeles. Yeah, perfect. All right, we're up to what I call the checkered flag. And Leslie, this last question can be a real doozy for a car guy like you. Okay. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and this is something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, but money's no object, what would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why would you choose that one? Mark, the vehicle would be my Falcon. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> it, would be, it would be my Falcon. Money couldn't buy that car again if I, got, if I let it go. It's never failed to get me home. I, it's a marvelous little car, and, it, and it's just, it, it's my history. It's my personal history. I, I, I couldn't let it go. You know what I love about your answer is it's a true testament to the impact that the automobile can have on our lives. Because to ask somebody, I'm going to give you any car in the world, and they pick your Falcon, not to diminish your Falcon, of course, but they pick that one, tells you a whole lot about cars and what they mean in our lives. And I think it's great, especially coming from someone who's a curator at such a great museum. Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. <laughs> That's fantastic. Leslie, you've taken me and the Cars Yacht listeners on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed talking with you, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your Ford Falcon? <laughs> do whatever you do, but do it with passion and, and do it with honor. Yes, perfect. I love it. And listeners, again, you can learn more about everything that Leslie has shared with us at CarsYad.com. And Leslie, you mentioned, Lynn, let's mention it again. What's the best way for people to learn more about the Peterson Museum, about what you're doing with rebuilding this magnificent facility and how they can get involved? Well, the quickest, easiest way to keep abreast of what we're doing is to go on our website, uh, www.petersen.org. And as I mentioned before, Peterson is S-E-N, not S-O-N. Perfect. Again, everything will be posted up at the Cars yeah website. Just type Leslie into the search box. His show notes page will pop up, and you can read and find everything there. Leslie, thank you for being so generous today with your time and with your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and with the Cars yeah listeners. It's been great to reconnect with you. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. I'll see you, Mark. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.